0: Hello there and welcome to the Bowden Beat, the new podcast focusing on all things Bally Bowden St. Uh, we caught up with Robbie McDade, Oskilge in the first episode last month and we're delighted to be joined uh, this month by Bally Bowden and Dublin hurling legend Paul Ryan. Paul, thanks a million for joining us. Yeah, they're not a legend. I, I, I think when you use the word legend, Paul, it means you're old at that stage, so I think that's officially okay, means yeah, you're...
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. As long as it's in that context. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million for joining us, Paul. Paul, of course, um, a seven-time Dublin Senior Hurling Championship winner with Dalybun Zalendez and and a Leinster and National League winner with Dublin as well. Paul, that league win coming 10 years ago this week, it's actually on Saturday, it's 10 years to the day on Saturday that uh, the league win took place. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, But, Paul, it's been a busy start for yourself, a busy year for yourself this year, a lot going on over the past few months. You became a father for the first time, recently, so congratulations on that, how's that going yeah, for you? very much, yeah, 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 it's all go. How's that been going for you so far this year in terms of the sleepless nights and whatnot?
1: Uh, yeah, like if there was a receipt, I'd probably return him, but uh, <laughs> he's part of the family now, no, he's, he's great, like he's, he's, the sleepless nights now are, are a bit mental, but sure, look, I'm not the first to do it.
0: Yeah. He's already signed up, I presume, for the Academy for 2025, 2026,
1: oh, I presume. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's already been touted yet. So he, uh, <laughs> the next forward. But sure, look, he could surprise us, and he could be a back. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: is,
1: his own got Alan and Shane would be happy
0: about. Stranger things have happened. Um, and obviously, aside from that, one of some of the big news this year was um, your retirement from inter-county hurling after, I think it was 11 years as an inter-county hurler. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk about your, your career a little bit later on from a Dublin point of view, but um, the decision to retire is kind of always a big one to take. Was it a difficult one for you to come to?
1: Yeah, so um, it was one that I'd been thinking about uh, for, for a while. Uh, a few injuries there that were coiling up over the, over the two years. And last year was just a bit of a nightmare for me. And subsequently kind of had to get grind surgery at the end of the year on left and right and (laughs) have to get the adductors done underneath it so look I think I think it was the most logical decision in the end like all those things built up I was just saying to myself you know like it's probably not good good for the head to stick around uh at inter-county level but at the same time I still I still do think if if I'm fully fit I could do a job but uh yeah it's just it's relentless at that level and like you're carrying injuries you know you're you're doing the team a disservice and, and yourself a disservice so just that in the end look was happy to happy to step away and throw my lot now in the club while uh, while I'm still able to yeah
0: um the lads have been back training the past couple of weeks obviously since i think it was the 19th of april was was the day that the the senior hurlers began training for the league. Their league starts next week against Kilkenny. Is there any feeling at the moment now these couple of weeks that, again, maybe you could have you know any regret, maybe that you maybe could have gone for another year, mm-hmm. or are you quite happy now that you're not going out training?
1: Well, to, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't even be an option for me now at
0: this stage because
1: uh, I ended up after last year I, 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 last Friday and I got my whole grind done. So I had to get uh, surgery there to get the the adductors done underneath it. So I'm looking at a 12, 13 week recovery period. So from that point of view, look, it's probably a good decision that I walked away because my head would be wrecked trying to get back. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's that. Uh,
0: We're going to talk about your dubbing career a little bit later on, a little bit more. But uh, first of all, let's kind of focus on Bally Bowden. Uh, You're you're a fur house man. I presume you're straight in there from a young age in Ballyboden as a, as a kid. How did you get involved with Ballyboden? I presume your uncle your uncle John would have played a part in that.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, like I was looking like, very early on, like John, John yeah, himself played for Ballyboden back in the day. Um, and yeah, he played for Tip as well. So look, I, I would have, as a young fella known that with John, would have idolised John, but I suppose even, even closer to home again, would have been Alan my brother. Alan, Alan played for Dublin himself, and uh, Alan was nine years older than me. And probably what drove a lot of my competitiveness was uh, Alan just setting stupid challenges <laughs> for me every week. You know, putting the ball through through a hole in the gazer, and I just spend hours trying to do it. So, um, yeah, it was, just, it was just Alan. In fairness to him, uh, would have. Just kind of brought out that competitive streak in me because I wanted to beat him at everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then they that kind of brought you into to volleyball. You you would have yeah. you, you, you would have played with volleyball and guess obviously from a very young age. You would have come through with the likes of Simon Lambert Shane Dirk and those kind of guys who obviously you played with all the way through to, to, to the senior level.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like uh, Simo, Simo would have been Jesus there right from the start with me. Yeah, yeah. One of away long long-standing mates and um, himself Brendan Tracy uh, you know two of my best mates and um, a few other guys there that uh, would have been would have been there the whole way up you know but uh, but Brendan Simo now yeah like I suppose they were like the brothers I never had as well like I remember days down Brendan's back garden just hammering the shite out of each other <laughs> and, yeah, and walking home not talking they to do each other me and Simo lived up the same way but wouldn't be a word said on the way home, type, type of thing. But I look, was all in good fun and drove, drove that competitive nature. Um, getting you yeah, ready that's for inter county hurling as, as as well? That's it, yeah. At a very young age, ready, ready <laughs> to go, yeah. But no, like like enjoyed it immensely. You know, started off with Marius. I don't know if you remember Marius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all oh, the blitzes, just matches back then. No training, no messing. Was great. So just matches every Saturday. Every
0: and, no such uh, thing as
1: tactics back then, or
0: sweeper systems back draw, then. Throw the
1: ball in and, and give, <laughs> give the full forward line as quick as possible. And start with me down to the ground. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, so moving on then through with, with bally Bowden. yeah, I would Vinny Bradley would have taken us underage uh, right up to just after here. year. Uh, Vinny was great. He was uh, probably probably would have suffered with a bit of confidence. Back then, lads wouldn't say that now, you know. Not at it. all, yeah, the exact opposite. So, so it's
0: his <laughs> fault, is it?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, but Vinny, now was brilliant then. Like, he instilled a lot of confidence in me that, you know, could do it and the could drive it on and, um, you know, enjoyed my years under him, my failure, you know, that's the highlight of every young lad's life. You know, that was a big year for us. We won it in Dublin, you know, gave a good account of ourselves up in uh, um up the north there. And then, yeah, and then moving on, under 15, 16, you know, and Tracy, Eamon Tracy was involved in the background uh, with Vinny, but yeah, Eamon took, started taking us down, and you know, Aim was brilliant, kind of, that's when I started pushing on really, um, you know, on, on, on underage Dublin teams from under, I think it was 13, 14, Tony Forrester, and then moving into all the way up, so I was kind of, I was always with Dublin teams the whole way up, and Eamon was great there. Around, you know, like it's, it's well, for a young lad going in at that level. Sometimes you can put yourself under a lot of pressure, but anyone's great at you know relieving you that came back, to the club, um, and building you back up again, and, and sending you up. Was enjoyed the years uh, under him, and he also had Jerry O'Hearn with him. Brought Jerry O'Hearn in uh, around minor level. Jerry's a gas man, cork man and uh yeah we, we really reacted to that like he was a great trainer and you know a bit of an old school way about him but uh but a great great way with
0: the lads. Eamon took a shine to you as well I'm sure with the Tipperary links your your fa- your dad's from Tipperary?
1: Yes, yeah from Holy Cross yeah
0: yeah yeah so
1: uh strong connection to Tip there yeah
0: yeah yeah and I don't know uh when my dad's from Tipperary as well. I know when, you, when you've got family from Tipperary, they kind of look after you 100% and you're, you're, you're the main man. So I know that would have been the case yeah. with Eamon as well. Uh, obviously, Eamon then brought you through and you played minor uh, with Bowden and that really good minor team winning the Dublin Championship in 2006. Again, that would have been that group of lads that you would have played with right from that, yeah, young, level, like that he, young age.
1: Yeah, probably very strange that I'd say eight or nine of that team
0: are still playing
1: senior at this level. So uh, that was quite a, a unique year, uh, or sorry, un, un, unique, unique year, but um, a unique group of players. If you know what I mean? Um, you know, usually you'd only get you know three or four lads that come out of minor. A group were like, jeez, to have eight or nine lads coming through. Whilst, you know, Liam Hogan was taking over back then, um, and jeez, if you had eight or nine minors, like you're you're already very strong coming, you know, coming into like Star Spain and. Perkins and Dave Sweeney and my own brother, Adam Ryan. Like, they, they, they would have been experienced guys there. Um, should I, I should say David Kirkland. Like, like, you know, the man only retired from Valley Bowden last year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, geez, the wealth of experience that we were coming into back then. Um, but yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, and I guess, like, again, you went from that, obviously won the minor championship with Dublin back in, in 2006, a uh, great team went straight into the senior team. Then in 2006 as well, Paul. Uh, mm. Just before the five in a row, so at that stage, you know, Ballyboden had never won a, a Dublin senior hurling championship. It was kind of that elusive thing. It obviously lost a couple of finals, or the team had lost a couple of finals in the few years before that. So again, you yeah. mentioned that that what eight or nine of the lads from the minor team were kind of went into the senior team in those intervening years. But you you obviously went into a group of players who were. Uh, you know, had had a bit of experience about losing a couple of county uh, finals and you were able to bring that in, bring a bit of that youth in and bring the, the minor championship win in and obviously yeah. a huge success in the following years.
1: Yeah, like there was there was certain key men there, you know, that uh, I think they, not enough credit is given to. Like, look, yes, I had a long career with Dublin and stuff, but, you know, a fellow I always think of back then when we were trying to break that cycle of, get into finals and, and I would have been an onlooker as a young fella with, um, you know, the likes of Sweeney and, and uh, Spainer and those boys that were there for years and just made it to finals and they had, they had that great UCD team that were around, they were essentially an intercounty county team uh, that, that they were playing against and they only lost these teams by a point or two, so they in themselves were worth a Phenomenal team, that but you know you're coming to get up against teams like that. You know O'Toole's were also really strong back then, probably very intimidating. Ciarans were the exact same. You know to their credit, um, and yeah, I just thought that like Connor Mac, I remember he's he's one that always he's a good friend of mine now, uh, and I'm not being biased, but he he started when he came out a minor like. Some of us went straight. I went straight into senior, like. But the road that he took, that was, you know, he went back playing goal for the juniors, and he was in goal for the senior B's then, And and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Liam Hogan, you know, credit to him, he he showed he showed a bit of belief in Connor that you know I think he could do it outfield. Uh, Connor, like I know, Oggy would be would have seen him every morning. He used to go down to the pitch with with ladders and a hundred balls and just he'd be there for an hour or two and he used to do that every day and Con- like connor was playing junior like i don't think it could be understated he played junior and then he went straight into the senior team Um, with the amount of work he put in on his own and nobody would have thought he would have done that but he was a pivotal man uh, to get over the likes of our tools and kieran because yes there was a bit of a soft underbelly. Uh, to try and get over our our first championship but my god Connor was like not only was he a brilliant hurler but he was um, he had this steel to him that you know he just wasn't afraid of of any of those boys Um, but yeah just sorry sorry, you know kind of gone off topic there I I just think that Connor should have been mentioned there because he was he was just pivotal like he was he was such a he he was like the enforcer there on the pitch but (laughs) And had the hurling it up like
0: he was, yeah, he was brilliant. You need that kind of strong spine, I guess. And I mean, I guess yes. that that two thousand seven win uh, versus Vincent's, um, that was the start. That was the first, obviously, win for for Ballyboden uh, in the Dublin Senior Hurling Championship. And a lot of people always kind of talk about um, you know Dublin twenty eleven, the, the senior footballers in twenty eleven, and obviously winning that All Ireland in twenty eleven, and what's come since. And people might say, you know, the same for the Mayo footballers or the Dublin hurlers that you might need that, that one win, that big win. And that win could open the floodgates in a lot, in a lot of circumstances like it did for the Dublin senior footballers. And obviously that's what it did for, for Bally Bowden. Cause you lost a couple of finals, like I say, in the, in the previous two years, and then you yeah. couldn't stop winning for the next five, six, seven years. I know you lost one in that seven years. What, like, so you lost six or we won six in the next seven years. So that mm. one in 2007, obviously, like I say, opened the floodgates.
1: Yeah, no, it did. Like and and that was the thing, we got over the line and we just I, I like I, I, I talked to, you know, Craig Cieron boys these days and like it's funny hearing their point of view, like they did they said they, you know, once Ballyboden won one of them, we just knew the floodgates gates were gonna be open. So I think I think they knew and that's what they were trying to keep us down for so long. But uh, look, I suppose a disappointment uh, over those you call them glory years? But the fact that we couldn't push on a Leinster um, was was just a, it's a massive regret. We were really close the first year against Burr. Um, a few decisions didn't go our way, but we were really paying in that year, and we had, we had a really good team. You know, the crack was good in the team. The mix of age was good—you know, young and you know, experienced guys. But yeah, not to push on there now. It's just. Uh, yeah, it's one that I'll always look back on anyway. Because I think you need to take advantage of those years. Like, when you look across at Kula there, you know, they took advantage of it. They, they won two All-Irelands. You know, geez, to get one all Ireland, you'd nearly give the six championships away.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows how difficult it is, though, I guess. I mean, you like, you yeah. did it for, you know, you've done it seven times, gotten out of Dublin, and then making that next step is... Maybe mm. Kula made it look somewhat easy, for, you know, for over a couple of years, nearly. I mean, they had their... Leinster final defeat I think the first year that they won the county championship they lost the Leinster final that year so they had their own maybe heartache before going that whole way but it is very difficult to make that step even to get to get through Leinster let alone obviously going on to, to reach uh, the other Ireland final
1: yeah yeah just an incredibly difficult thing to do to you know you, a lot of lads come back from county and they're already trained to come back from county and then you have uh, you know your Dublin club run and if you get through that, then, like, it's, it's all of a sudden an extremely long year. But, yeah, you'd have to admire what they did out there. It'd be, it'd be great if we could replicate it. But, look, we don't have to look too far either to, to see how it can be done. Our own footballers did it, you know. They, they, they've done Leinster a few times. So, um, so, yeah, we don't have to look too far beyond the club.
0: Still a bit of a... Still, plenty of time for you to do a poll. Uh, get get through these injuries, and there's still there's still plenty of uh, life in the old dog yet. I say old dog as well uh, properly, but we'll talk about <laughs> yeah, that a little yeah. bit. <laughs> We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Back to Dublin. Uh, how you got on into the Dublin senior setup? Um, you mentioned Tommy Nocton in your retirement statement, and obviously he brought you in 2007, 2008. Um, that call to come into the senior hurlers was it something you were nearly expecting? At some, you know, when it came, were you kind of like, "This is coming,"
1: or was it a shock to you? Uh, God, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring my memory back to then. um I suppose was it a shock? No, I was just absolutely delighted. Like you know, when I did get the call, I was absolutely delighted. No, I, I wouldn't say I was expect, I was expecting it. Like I'm probably a a spotty teenager back then and <laughs> you know completely undervaluing myself as most teen- teenagers do. But yeah, no, I would have been I would have known that I was decent enough at some level, you know. Um, and that I might get a call. But yeah, to get the call, like it was all I ever thought about. It was all I you know, when you're, when you're going through school, say, like, what do you want to do? What playing I wanna play, play in Crow Park. That that was all I ever wanted anyway. Um, and for that to 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 be presented to me in the form of Tommy Knox and ringing me and giving me that chance was, oh, was amazing next time. Yeah, yeah.
0: Daylo came in then in uh, 2009, um, and you celebrated that by heading off for of the summer <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, not playing in his first year. How did yeah. that go down? Um,
1: well, I came in like, and uh, I, I think after first, was it two years, I remember? Tommy, I, mean, I think it was maybe one year. Um, and I remember, like, I used to have these arguments with Tommy because I was mad to start back then. Like, it, <laughs> I was only in the team a, bit, a few months, and I was just like, why aren't you starting me? Why aren't you starting me? But he, he was like, oh, well, look, you know, you've a bit to go yet, like, as, as all young players do. But I, I remember talking to Alan, my young brother, about it. He never went away when he was younger. He never did jail J-1. All he did was play inter-county and, and hurling. And it was something he regretted. So thank God I took that on board. I went away to J1 and sure, it was a brilliant year. So it's always something I can look back on. I, I'm not just going to say, oh, I played 11 years with Dublin, even though they were a great 11 years. I, I don't regret a thing, but at least I did that and experienced that. So
0: yeah, I went to Chicago there
1: for three months with Brent Tracy and a few of the other mates and um, had the best crack, as you can imagine.
0: That's something actually I was talking to, to someone recently about that for you know college students over the last, past couple of years I mean I went to my J1 to San Diego back in 2005 mm. and uh, best summer of my life brilliant summer but obviously college students this year and, and last year have been missing out on that and it's something that you know everyone can of talk about how difficult lockdown has been for everybody and it has been but that's certainly something that you know it's kind of a, a life moment that you have that kind of J1 that three months away and you yeah. For a lot of people, for me, it was the first time kind of living away from home for for an extended period as well.
1: Yeah, exact same for me. Exact same for me. I found it ridiculously difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to fend for yourself. But uh, yeah, like it's amazing what you can do on rations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that is something the, the younger guys are missing out on these days with COVID around. But look, like it's. It's looking like it's going to open up now in the next few months, so hopefully that they can they can nip off, you know. And,
0: uh, Big time, yeah.
1: Experience that,
0: yeah. Um, but Dalo, when you told him you're heading off for this, for that yeah. summer, was he you know was, was he fine with it? Was he happy with it? Did He say it's a good decision, or did he say to you, "We'll bring you back next year"? No bother, or was it kind of? Um, you know?
1: I remember, uh, yeah, I got the call, and it was like, "Are yeah, yeah, you coming back?" To would you come back into the panel? And then he said, oh, "I was heading off for summer." And I, in fairness, he was just like, "Yeah, look, Grand, look, no, butter, head off, enjoy yourself. We'll, we'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you when you come back next year or whatever." So, um, so that's the way I left it. I, I, I didn't want to commit to even a few months that year because I've seen that done, and sure, what's the point? Like, because you're you're heading off, so yeah, enjoyed that year, and then came back and yeah, we brought in then, yeah
0: um playing under Dalo, uh, obviously he had so much success under um 11 and 13 um he seemed to be an, just an incredible character <laughs> as a manager uh, in just in terms of everything that he brought to, to the table man management and everything
1: yeah like look i can, I can only speak on my behalf really like look Dalo's was a gas man he was he was brilliant around the lads he, he just yeah, I can't say enough good things about him to be honest. When I look back on this, you know, I've had a lot of different managers, and and um, he, you know, he was he was an awful man for you'd ring him, he might have dropped you, and you'd ring him, and you'd be so annoyed that he dropped you, and he'd just pick up the phone as if as if one of your mates was answering the phone, and he. <laughs> Well, Reiner, how's, how's it going? Yeah, look, I know you're not going too well, you know, but look, it'll come back. You come back, and you're like, I actually want to eat the head off you here. <laughs> so, he yeah, had this awful knack of just getting you back on side. And then, sure, like you weren't even starting or you'd be, you know, you'd be struggling a small bit. And you just had this way of getting you back on side, and you'd be mad to go and you bought in. And I think that was the that was what he had, like. It's hard to get lads outside the first 15 to buy in. But I think he had it hit right up to number 30. Maybe, you know, there's going to be two or three lads that are really kind of annoyed. But uh, it, he had most lads on side. in fairness. I think that's the, that's the trick to it. Um,
0: 2010, you came back after a year away. It was a bit of a low point, obviously, losing to Antrim in the Championship from a Dublin point of view. 2011 came... And the big news, I guess, that year before this, before the league campaign, was that uh, Keeney returned to hurling. Uh, Colin Keeney came back into the Dublin setup. How big a boost was that to yourself? Obviously, you knew him very well from Bobby Bowden point of view. How big a boost was that to Dublin hurling as well? And how maybe did it change things from a Dublin hurling point of view heading into the next couple of years, which are obviously so successful?
1: Uh, yeah, like I suppose there was all these different stages in in Dale tenor that especially at the start of just who he, who he was able to get on board. Keeney was a massive, like Keeney was still one of the top men for, for Dublin at the time. Um, He was just to bring him back in. It was, it was more the attitude he brought up. Keeney doesn't say much. I know him a long time now. He doesn't say much. He just he just does. And, and, and you follow it. You see it, you, you follow it. And you're kind of saying, right, look, that's the standard. So I remember when he came back in, like he, we are doing, we're doing runs, and yeah, I was probably a good hundred yards behind him. <laughs> he was <just had laughs> his peak fitness back then, but yeah, he got back in and fell. Like, I think his first game, or one of his first games was against uh, Tip and Crow Park in the league, and Park Mard got young player the year, uh, the year before, and he made him look average at best, um, and that was it. Like And Dale then would come in on the back of that, of course, and dress it up as a beautiful story of how he came back and didn't give a shit and made him love, made Paul McMahon look, look average and yeah just yeah yeah it was uh, a massive boost um, but then I think they t- he brought a guy called Martin Kennedy in Martin Kennedy pushed it on another 10-15% and Martin was ridiculous, like, he, he was meticulous in what he did and what he wanted us to do, and like I said before in a previous uh, podcast, I think Martin, the first night we were, we, we were there, he um, he didn't even introduce himself, like, he just, we basically ran out on the pitch and he told us that, yeah, we're going to be training you for the year, my name's Martin Kennedy, yeah, sent us back into the dressing room and we were saying to ourselves, uh, Sorry, he sent us back into the into dressing room and said, well, run out like All Ireland champions. And we said to ourselves, like, this fella is mental. Like, as you know, <laughs> and we still had a few guys that were, you know, even even myself, like, you, you know, you, you didn't think of All Ireland as a Dublin hurler. You didn't believe that you were capable of getting there. Um, so we ran out the first time. No, it wasn't good enough. Sent in the second time, ran out the second time. And <laughs> he sent us in for the third time. And we just had last come on here, you're gonna have to sprint out. So, this is like in mid November, there was like sleet on the ground. Had to sprint out of the dressing room about 100 miles an hour and uh, out onto the pitch. And he's like, That's it. I want everything with Martin was body language and not showing weakness. And it just, he really restructured the whole thing and our mind frame. And then a guy called Declan Coyle was brought in to. To, to work on the old cogs upstairs and you know he did he did wonders as well. We started talking about All Ireland, started talking about leagues. And it's funny, like he, he did a presentation at the start of 2011 and one of the goals uh, he focused in on was was the National League and that we were going to win it. And we, we ended up winning it. And people forget like that year we actually got to the All Ireland semi final. I think we lost to Tip by three points or something. Yeah. So Geez, we weren't a million miles away, but it, it just shows you the, the strength of, of of thinking that way and stealing the mind to, to believe you can achieve something like that.
0: To have that confidence, I guess, is kind of it's been so important that's for everybody, it, yeah. but like for Dublin hurling as well over the past few years.
1: Yeah, that's it. Like you know, so um, so yeah, they were good years. They were good years, and uh, I remember them fondly. I remember them fondly.
0: Yeah, the 2011. We're going to l- just look at that kind of quickly because it's it's the ten year anniversary uh, this weekend. Like I say, the first of May 2011 was the league win, first win in 72 years for Dublin hurling. Again, you you've spoken about it there about how how uh, you know bigger moment it was and how you know uh, kind of the mentality of it all. But like from from being inside the ground, I guess it, you know. You know, man management is fantastic, but if you're not producing the results, maybe the players maybe start to lose a bit of the trust in the manager. But when you go out and you beat Kilkenny by so bo- so much in Crow Park in the league final, it really makes you believe maybe in what Dalo's doing even more.
1: Yeah. Um I think they got us back now in the Lancer final.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Typical of them. But yeah, on that day, Jesus Christ, we didn't we didn't actually realise what we did. There was, it was Grown men crying in stands. <laughs> we had only won the league, but Jesus, when we won the league, it was like winning all Ireland that time. Um, because there was nothing won in Dublin Ireland for years. Maybe a World Cup or two, but you know, not to diminish the World Cup. But yeah, you, you want to be winning the league, and you know, even like you know, young lads coming into it nowadays, like they, you know, they talk about all Irelands, and you know, that's probably because. They have the belief in, in that they could do something like that because of what we did back then, but um, yeah, just to to, to win it back in 2011, I just remember that was probably my favorite year. Um, it's probably the most consistent I ever was. I, a lot of people talk about 2013, but for me, it was my in 2011, it was my most consistent year uh, as a player, long time ago, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and even having all the Bowden lads on that team as well, obviously we've mentioned a few of them already. Even Gary Maguire, players like that, again would have I'm sure helped. You know, you know, you've, yeah. you've won something with your with your club. You've won a few Dublin club championships. Winning something with your county with so many, so many of your friends on the team as well. I mean, that has yeah, to be like, special.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a big Bowden presence back then. Um, but not only that, the actual team as a whole, we were. We never viewed each other as, uh, you know, guys from other club or right anything. We were one team, and we were really good mates. Like, like I'm still a really good friends with the likes of Peter Kelly, Johnny McCaffrey. These guys, you know, we just we know we did something special back then, and I think that galvanized you as as a group, and you never forget that. And but there was some great characters, like. And it's, you know, certain lads like Peter Kelly then to keep your ground would easily tell you if you're getting above your stage. <laughs> but um, but like Never
0: for you, even, Paul, surely, no.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but,
1: you know, you had great guys there and, you know, some of the, some of the sessions we had <laughs> after games and stuff, we always got together and you'd always have 30 strong lads there wherever we were. There was none of this kind of dribs and drabs. Was, uh, like we worked incredibly hard and we, and we played even harder.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned 2011 being kind of the standout year for you because when you think Paul Ryan ended up in Hurling, you think 2013 Leinster Hurling final against Galway and the two goals obviously you scored in in, in that game. Uh, Again, a huge, a hugely special moment. But uh, it, like from your own point of view, you must have been delighted coming off the pitch that day, not only having won the Leinster final, but having contributed so much to such a... Special day in Dublin, Hurley. Yeah,
1: yeah actually, I actually remember that day uh, very clearly. It was obviously, uh, but I came off the pitch absolutely in bits. I could I could barely string my own name together. I was I think it was thirty degrees that day, and um, or, I, I even see when I'm from watching the game, I can see myself on the steps. I, I have my head down on my arm. I'm so tired. I'm, I barely made it up the steps. <laughs> But, uh, but when we got into the dressing room, I, I got a bit of energy again, and sure the, the celebrations lifted off. But like that was that was phenomenal. And like then to go into the All Ireland semi uh, against Cork, uh, I remember walking out through the tunnel that day. It would have been the first time we would have experienced kind of sixty thousand plus, um, where you'd have nearly all tears full. I like it was only a corner uh, that wasn't full of jeez. That like, that was the first time we experienced that. Like, so um, it was just amazing now that year. Like, yeah, from from a from a momentum point of view, uh, I think, you know, after 2011, I think a lot of people jumped on board and wanted to see Dublin Hurling doing well. and a lot, of, a lot of Dublin people started coming to the game, so our crowds started getting bigger. So they were brilliant years for, for the buzz of playing in front of big crowds. Like, I, I can only imagine what the, the likes of uh, Mick McCauley and the boys uh, playing for Dublin experience. On a weekly basis, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah uh, I, great
0: times. I was in Parnell Park in 2019 for uh, the Dublin Galway game, um, mm. and genuinely, that was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been involved in in a game. Been at in at a game, yeah. the balls, uh, maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, going into the game is a huge confidence from a Dublin hurling point of view, but it still felt like a surprise when Dublin beat Galway. Maybe that was shouldn't have been the case, but it was. But you, you you beat them. I won't say comfortably, but you beat them deservedly in the end. And the atmosphere during the game and after the game that buzz just seems like it's something that would you know nearly keep you going for forever more.
1: Yeah, um, like jeez, that day. I, I I know what you're saying because um, Parnell Park is the Cauldron, like, and uh, you know, the crowd are in on top of you, and you're right, that's nearly better than the crow park because you know, in crow park, there's geez, there could be 20 30 meters before the crowd, uh, on, the, on the sideline. Um, but yeah, I remember that day, it was it was crazy, like, it, it, I think that was because I think it was such an outpouring because you know, like, we haven't done anything since 2013, really, like, there'd be no significant win, and you know. I, even for the players, like I remember, Chris Crummy was on a mad one that day after the game. He just was—he was so wasn't like that man is Dublin to his core, and he just wants to do well for Dublin. Like and he, uh, it was great to see, you know, how those guys reacted that day. But yeah, unfortunately, then we let ourselves down in the next game. And, you know, that's just been the story the last few years. And you know, I, I, look, I've been involved in it myself, so. <clears throat> I don't know where to, to, to pinpoint it. I think we just need to start simplifying things and uh, go back to, to what we were good at.
0: Yeah, I guess this year you can kind of take a step back a small bit because you're not involved in it. Looking ahead to this season and looking forward beyond even this season, where do you see Dublin Hurling going? Are you hopeful about the, this season and, and the future as well in terms of the players that are on board?
1: Oh, in terms of the players, you can You know, I can't question the players. The players are, are they're there for the right reasons. They're there to do well. The attitude is brilliant. Um, I just hope that from a playing style point of view, um, that they go back to to what Dublin are best at, which I think is just direct hurling, and um, and and bringing that f- physicality. That's what I. That's what I always felt. That day against Galway, that's what we did. And we, and we won the game. So I think that that's what Dublin needs to go back to.
0: Back to Bowdoin, I guess, fairly quickly to kind of finish up. Um, you've new management this season. Obviously, last year ended disappointing. It was, it was a very strange year last year. You, 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 we spoke off air already about um, last year, obviously, in having no crowds. And even from a Bally point of view, you started this, the, the, your first game of the championship was... A, a bad defeat to chemical croaks at Parnell Park. Uh, a lot of people kind of wrote uh, Bally Bowden off that year and you got all the way to the final and, and, and deservedly so and kind of improved as the season went on and, and just lost to Kula in the final. Joe Fortune's stepped away since then. Malika Travers has come in. Uh, so a kind of, I guess, new era over at uh, this season uh, for Bally Bowden in terms of a new coaching staff uh, how do you see the, the, the year ahead going have you been in touch with Maliki I know obviously you haven't been training yet, yeah but have you been in touch with them and all that kind of thing
1: yeah well just to just to mention Joe like and um, his predecessor Paul Carley like it was, there were tough years under Paul Carley now like we we were very close and we ha- we thought we had cool assists you know we had them from a tactical point of view I remember we were, we were so close to beating Um Before they went on their All Ireland runs, but the fairness to Joe when Joe came in, he he really brought the the conference back into Ballywoden and believed that we could do it. And the setup was brilliant, I have to say, under Joe, and can only thank him for 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 bringing us back and getting us a championship. You know, obviously we we had a parts player in that as well. (laughs) Um, but yeah, really excited there about this year. You know, Uh, we have. David Curtin and Maliki involved and Mickey McCullough is still there. So uh, we're we're really excited about the year ahead that you know you have you have guys that, you know, played for the last many years. Seems like Curtin's there for the last forty years. <laughs> you know, Mal there, you know, Mal's Mal's in as manager, Curtin's in beside him. Um they know the team inside out, they know all the young lads, you know, they they I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year Uh, you know it's those lads first year in management but I have no doubt they'll hit the ground runner they already have
0: Uh, David Curtin's a man you played with for so long you mentioned there 40 years not too far off but uh, (laughs) what's it going to be like playing under him you know obviously uh, in a different role obviously you played alongside him for so long playing under him as a selector obviously that'll be uh, uh, take some time to get used to maybe slightly
1: Uh... (laughs) I suppose yeah, no, like yeah, like 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 curtains go made of mine, and, uh, but I think the there there's a respect there, like like there wouldn't have been a wall that you put up in front of curtain that he wouldn't run through. He's you know he's played with broken this and broken that, and you know I just think the respect is there. Like so, you're not going to question a thing. You're just going to get on with it and. Um, you know, you'd be half afraid of what he'd get you to do anyway <laughs> so, <laughs> if you said no so um it'll be no, twice as bad
0: it. if you say no yeah
1: that's it yeah now I'm just really looking forward to it like uh, yeah it's just a, a real club feel to it this year
0: uh, it's a few years down the line I know so I'm not I'm don't don't get me wrong I'm not jumping the gun here when I say but when, when you do finish your playing career is coaching something that you'll be interested in getting involved in with Ballyboden or Dublin or anywhere else
1: Oh, yeah, 100%, like I'd say, starting Bally Bowden. That's where I'd like to kind of cut my teeth um, because, look, not all not all players make make good, great coaches. So, uh, yeah, it'll be something that I absolutely get involved in uh, in the years to come.
0: We've spoken a good bit about your hurling. Um, you're also a junior footballer, I believe, Bally Bowden. How's that, how, um, that going for you? glad you
1: mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering what this come up would have been very disappointed if not but yeah i'm a two-time same with Curtin actually um and Connor mccown Connor mccown's now a, yeah. a senior yeah. here in body Bowden, he's ex comics player we drafted him in at junior level um but yeah i actually love going back playing junior the crack is great down there it's a different i'm playing like serious serious uh sport for the last what 11 years and it's it's taken awful seriously at the level that, that I've been playing. Not to go back down, and geez, I'm not saying for a second those boys don't take it seriously.
0: Yeah, but it'd be a small bit more relaxed. Different sort of balls, I guess. It's just it's you're you're playing for the crack as much as anything else.
1: Exactly. Like, yeah, we we're looking up to you know, win it there. Was it last year, the year before, but a lot of people complaining that uh, I was playing junior, but you know just because I'm a decent hurler or an okay hurler. Doesn't mean I'm going to be a good footballer because I can't kick the ball at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is slightly important. Are you a um? Where, what position do you play on the team?
1: Uh, a bit of a workhorse there at centre forward, which is the complete opposite okay. to hurling. Yes. Uh, so uh, I try to find the space.
0: <laughs> you are not the nippy corner forward that we've that we've seen over the past uh, no, eleven no, years.
1: No, no. So to, uh, to keep my own standard up, I might actually
0: drop down a level just to feel, <laughs> okay. feel
1: good about myself even more.
0: And but, have you ignored Desi and Jim's uh, calls for from the Dublin senior football team or have they just mislaid the, your I number?
1: Called, yeah, with the operation and stuff, it's just, uh, I'm not going to...
0: Got to finish up now, Paul. It's been great chatting yeah. And um, Just finally, I guess you're... I mean, there's been talk, we're, we're speaking now at the end of April. There's an announcement due, I think in about 10 minutes time, actually from the government. And we're hoping that it's all very positive. We don't know yet exactly, but it looks like club action going to resume very uh, over the next few weeks in terms of training and then obviously matches in June. Something I'm sure the whole country is very eager to, but from your own point of view, I know you have had an, uh, an operation recently, but as soon as you recover from that, very eager, I'm sure, to get back into training and playing games over the next few weeks with Bally Bowden.
1: Yeah, like, look for me, it's uh, I'm on a twelve week recovery now with the grind. So, um, but like, it's more so just getting back in amongst the lads. I think that's what you miss most. Uh, you know, I would have been one of the ones complaining about uh these these kind of group gym sessions. <laughs> but I tell you something, take it any day now. It's more like when once you're in amongst the lads, you all push each other, you do that extra few percent when when you have you when you know lads are looking at you you know lads are getting on your back and the standards are raised so um, yeah really looking forward to that now even even, albeit I'll be injured but uh, but yeah it will uh, definitely serve as, as getting me back a bit good
0: great stuff well looking forward to seeing you uh, sh- sharpshoot and, and score everything over, over the next few uh, months in the in St. Andrews jersey Paul it's been brilliant chatting to you today thanks a million for joining us
1: sound Derek thanks thanks Will
0: And best luck for the season ahead.